Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, where you can hear messages from our church that will directly impact your life. Our hope is that by listening to God's Word, your life will be transformed by the power of His truth. To learn more about our church, visit cornerstonebv.org. Here is another message from Pastor Jamie at the Cornerstone Church. Amen. Thank you, Bob. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Good. Well, uh, I know uh, you probably joined me, but I love Pooh Bear. Anyone else love Pooh Bear? All right. Come on. Who doesn't love Pooh Bear, right? I'm a little bit more of a Tigger guy. Surprising, right? Um, always identified with him a little bit more. Uh, and have a special spot in my heart for Eeyore, for sure. Um, but uh, uh, I bet you didn't know that Pooh Bear can teach us about prayer. Praying like Pooh Bear. So this clip is something you're probably familiar with, but I want to watch it together. Let's play that. Pooh was not the sort to give up easily. When he put his mind to honey, he stuck to it. Now, honey rhymes with bunny, and bunny rhymes with the... Uh... Rabbit? Yeah, and I like rabbit, because he uses short, easy words like, how about lunch? And help yourself, Pooh. Pooh? Lunch? Oh, no, not again. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is anybody at home? What I said was, is anybody at home? No. Bother. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nobody. Somebody. Because somebody must have said nobody. Rabbit, isn't that you? No. But isn't that the rabbit's voice? I don't think so. It isn't meant to be. Hello, rabbit. Oh. Oh, hello, Pooh Bear. Uh, 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 what a pleasant surprise. Uh, uh, how about lunch? Oh, thank you, Rabbit. And help yourself, Pooh. Uh, would you like condensed milk? Or honey on your bread? Both. Uh, but never mind the bread, please. Just a small helping, if you please. Uh, there you are. Is, uh, something wrong? Well, I did mean a little larger small helping. Well, perhaps it'd save time if you took the whole jar. Thank you, Rabbit. Some of our, when we start children's church, our kids aren't going to want to go back. Like, we watch Pooh Bear upstairs? Come on. So, uh, now, y- y- you know the rest of the story. I couldn't show you the whole thing. But Pooh eats so much honey that when he goes to leave, what happens? He gets stuck, right? He gets stuck in the hole. So, so the idea is, right, Rabbit wants nothing to do with letting Pooh Bear in, but Pooh is persistent and bold, and he eats all the honey, and he keeps going until he can't even get out of Rabbit's house. And, and, and so this is actually a more modern-day retelling of one of our greatest stories that Jesus told. He never would have connected Jesus' parables with Pooh Bear. But we're going to see how it really is uh, a reflection on Prayer. We've been looking at um, these stories as identifying the nature and aspects of the kingdom of God, right? When Jesus came, he came with the kingdom of God. And yet there's this, this, this phrase that we use that we, if you're a Christian, you live as a citizen of the kingdom in the already, but not yet. Right? And, and that was an aspect that people weren't expecting that Jesus had to really teach. We've seen that with the seeds and the soil and the growth and the harvest. That the Lord is coming back. 
But So we have aspects of the kingdom, and we have these beautiful blessings because Christ has come, and because Christ has lived, and Christ has died for us, and, and rose in victory, and, and these are good things, and there's great blessings. The Holy Spirit's with us, uh, uh, yet we live with evil all over the place, and we live with struggles and with problems, and, and so it's the already not yet. There's a tension there, right? And so now what we're going to do is we'll look at some of these stories, especially um, in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus teaches us how to live as citizens of the kingdom in the already not yet. And one of the most critical behaviors is prayer. So since we're talking about prayer, why don't we pray together? Father, we come before you and we know that you are the giver of all things that are good. Lord, I I pray that we would learn today from your word that um, you would meet each and every soul that's in this room where we're at, where we're struggling with, where we're succeeding, that you'll continue to, to move us and push us, Lord, where we need to die to ourselves more, where we need humility, where we need um, to, to confess. or Lord, most importantly, our prayer life, just a simple communication that we complicate so much when it's just simply talking to you as our Heavenly Father. Lord, would you teach us the attitude of prayer through the greatest stories of Jesus this morning? And God, that you would settle here through your Holy Spirit. We would leave here changed for the better in whatever way you want. Not me, what you want, Lord. Do your will in your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, as I, as I mentioned, um, yeah, this will be a good message to share with someone. Hey, pray like Pooh Bear. Who wouldn't want to see what crazy pastor would call a sermon title that, right? So uh, afterwards, you can always do that this week. And, and so uh, if you want to, we will put it on the screen. You can turn to Luke chapter 11. And the first story, we're going to see a couple. Um, the first story starts in verse 5. Now, we, we have to remember, though, that, that there's context, right? Context is everything. We're always talking about that. So he's going to launch into a story, but the first four verses of Luke 11 are where it starts where Jesus himself is praying. If, if you ever need inspiration for the importance of prayer, how do you not look to Jesus' life himself, who's always praying, Right? Praying with people, praying for people, praying by himself, praying all night, talking to his father all the time. So how could any one of us say, eh, prayer, overrated, when Jesus did it himself all the time? And so that's the context. He's praying, and his disciples have seen him pray, and they know prayer is important, but they see Jesus pray. They're like, like, help us pray. Teach us how to pray. And so the first four verses are what we might know as the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. Um, it's a little bit condensed version. The one we usually look at is in Matthew. But Luke says so that's where he says, your kingdom come, right? The kingdom type prayers. And, and, and he talks about temptation. Lead us not into temptation and, and keep the evil one from us. And, and, and give us our daily bread. Help us with our daily needs. And, and, and so he teaches them content, right? But verse 5, he immediately shifts into, it's not just about content. It's about attitude, What is our attitude as we come to the Father, right, as citizens of his kingdom, what is our attitude of prayer? And that's what he uh, uh, gives us this uh, Pooh Bear-like story. You ready? Verse 5. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And so we have this, this uh, uh, setting, and I love how Jesus does it. First thing he does is he puts you, or the hearer of the story, into the story. Which of you would, right? So now you're immediately going, okay, I'm in this story. What would I do? And it's, it's harder for us in 2020 because um, we're, we're, we don't understand the norms of that day, like the cultural norms and expectations. We have grocery stores, restaurants, bakeries, right? And you got a picture in this story that Jesus tells this, this little village, right? And there's no, you can't just get up and be like, oh no, a friend arrived. I'm only run down to the store or the 7-Eleven and get some food. And, and the cultural hospitality, if you had a friend arrive after a long day of travel, you were expected to give them a place to stay and give them something to eat. Bread was a staple. It was like their forks and spoons that they used. Like you couldn't have a, 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 a meal of sustenance without some bread. And so Jesus says, all right, a friend arrives. You're, you're, you are bound to share hospitality with that friend, but you have no food, right? And it's the middle of the night. What do you do? You don't have a bakery to go to. So you go to maybe your neighbor, right? And you, and you, and you say, all right, I got to get some bread, and I know it's late, and, and man, the alarm's on, the garage door's shut, right? The, the door shut. Like, what, what, what am I going to do, right? And so now you have to make a decision. And Jesus says, what would you do? And so maybe we would send them an email or a quick text message. They couldn't do that, right? So what did, did Jesus say he did? Well, probably what anyone would do. You would, you would go and... <laughs> Is anybody home? <laughs> oh, Bob, you're right there. Sorry. Okay. It does say prayer room, so we're going to still, so we're going to use this, right? So you go to your neighbor's door, and you, and you, you knock, and Jesus continues the story, right? It says, and he will answer from within, do not bother me, right? So in comes your neighbor, in from here, do not bother me. The door is now shut, my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything, right? So we got a real cranky, cranky neighbor, don't we? Now, you got a picture of one kind of room place, right? And, and he's got kids, and he also most likely, though she's not in the story, she's inferred, he's got a wife, too. And if your kids wake up in the middle of the night and it's your fault, guys, what happens to you? You're kicked out into the cold, for sure, right? So he's got this whole household he's got to worry about, and his friend's like, I need some bread. And you want to be like, why weren't you prepared? Get your own bread. I'm t- I'm, I can't, if I get up, the whole house is going to be awake and crying and all that, right? So he says, no, I'm not going to, right? And so now you, because it's you in the story, you have a decision to make. You can be like, oh, okay, sorry, right? And slink away. Or try someone else, or or decide, right? Not not try to rattle the cage at all, right? But the problem is, is you need that answer. You need that bread. And so Jesus says this: I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs, right? And and so you kind of have this this idea to work. Go away, kind of like rabbit, right? And, and that's like, I can't go away. I need the bread, right? No, my kids are sleeping. Go away. No, I need bread. So finally the guy does what? Not because he cares, but he's just like, I got to get rid of this guy, right? And so some of you have bought cars because you just got to get rid of the salesman, right? It's kind of the same idea. He just keeps coming at you and at you. So finally he comes out and he goes, here, 
take the bread and get out of here, right? And so now he has what he asked for. And Jesus says, that is like prayer, right? Which is a very odd thing to say, but that's because we don't quite understand, but Jesus explains it. He says, and I will tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. That's a phrase that we, if you're a Christian, you've heard a lot, right? Now you see it in context, right? Ask, that means to pray. Seek, that means to storm the gates of heaven. Knock and, 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 and pound on that door. Pound on that door. And what does Jesus say? The door will be open to you. Right? Now, you have to understand, Jesus tells parables usually for one point. And the point is not to compare God to a, a cranky neighbor who's sleepy. All right? His point is to compare you, the seeker, with the neighbor who needs the bread. And he's trying to teach us an attitude of prayer. We are not to go up to God and go, God, do you mind? Do you? Jesus literally invites you, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, to assault the gates of heaven. That's the attitude of prayer. Right? We would even um, kind of, I, I think the, the, the point of Jesus' story is that we are to seek God with passionate, persistent prayers. Right? Passionate, persistent prayers. Persistence. Keep going. Keep asking. I have this strategy. Um, certainly, when my kids were younger, still try to employ it a little bit. So don't tell them. Um, and that is when they have their Christmas list, right? And, and we have this thing called Amazon now, so they can actually—I don't know why I gave them this access—but they can actually throw stuff into the list, right? Especially when they were younger, it's whenever something popped in their mind. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. You know, and it gets—what am I, a trillionaire? I don't—I can't buy all this stuff for Christmas. This is crazy, you know. So my strategy was not to argue with them; it was just wait. And I knew the things they really wanted were what—the things they would repeat, the things they kept asking for. There's an old adage: if you really want it, wouldn't you ask more than once? <laughs> right? Wouldn't it just be more than a whim? Wouldn't it be something you're like, please, I want this. I want this. Now, there, I wasn't always able to get it for them, but I knew that's what my kids really want. I've told you the story before. My parents, after years of asking for this electric football game, anyone ever have this? It just vibrated, right? Yeah, okay. If you're around my age, you had it. You had it, right? And, and, and I asked for years. My parents didn't give it to me. Why? Because they knew it was stupid, they knew it. I'm like, it's not stupid. Look at that commercial. They're playing just like the real game. This is before we had real good video games, kids. All right? And, and so finally, they give me this dumb game. I set it up, and I spend an hour getting all the players ready. And then it goes, and they all just start hopping around and moving nowhere where I wanted them to go. Up into the attic, that game went. It's probably still in my dad's attic, right? But the reason I got it, the reason my parents gave it to me is because they were so tired of listening to me. <laughs> Ask for it. Here, you find out for yourself. So, again, God knows what we need, and he's never just going to give something to you because he's tired of you asking. Jesus, that's not his point. His point is that's what God wants. He wants to hear from us over and over and over. And to be bold, right? When you go to God in prayer, don't say, God, if you don't mind, would you just give me a little bit? Of he wants us to ask for the moon. He'll only give you something if it's his will. He doesn't want you to worry about that, trying to figure that out. He says, come to God and ask. 
My marriage is broken. God, save it. Help. You can do it. Not, God, I don't know if you can. I don't, I don't know. The attitude is, is, is I, I, my, my kids aren't saved, God, and I want to see them know Christ. And I want them to see them to know them. I want them to follow you with all of their heart. Please send an angel help. God, I'm suffering with disease, or, or, or I'm, I'm, I need healing, Lord. I need complete healing. Would you give it to me over and over? You assault the gates of heaven with your prayer. You keep going. You keep asking. That's what Jesus is inviting us to do. Not, oh, dear Lord, give us some safety. No. You don't want it if that's how you ask. He says, go and go boldly. Go boldly. Uh, speaking of uh, Christmas lists, my dad, who my kids call Pop, he, um, he's very generous, but at the same time, he doesn't care so much about fairness, right? He's not like, I spent $32.30 on you, on you, on you. That's not how he works. He says, ask me what you want, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> I always tell my kids, ask big. I don't want to have to get that for you. Let Pop do it. And they're like, yeah, it's usually moms, right? Oh, don't make him. Get out of the way. <laughs> Pop says he'll do it. He'll do it, right? He's a grown man. And so ask him big. Ask him for something big, and he'll give it to you. Don't ask small. That's how God is. Ask big, right? I'm God. I'm not just some, oh, I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I have enough time to do that. I'm God. If it's in my will, I will do it. Jesus and elsewhere said, we have not because we ask not right? Go. You're suffering from depression. Go. You're suffering from anxiety. Go. Over and over. You're suffering from addiction, right? Who's going to help you but the Lord? Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me be free from this temptation, from this sin, from this addiction, and keep going. That's what he invites us to do. Boldly, persistently, and I'll be the first to say, I'm going to admit, this is often not my prayer life. Here's the question. Is it yours? Is it yours? Because often it's not mine. So I, I far too often am praying as if he's not going to answer, or as if he doesn't want to answer, or as if he can't answer, instead of boldly going and saying, I know you can do it. I trust you will do it in your time, in your way, because you're good. And see, as Jesus continues in this same passage about prayer, he then tells us why why that door gets opened. It's not because of your boldness and persistence. It's because, hear me, who's on the other side of that door? That's why. Watch what he says. And he, and he means to uh, get some chuckles with this one. Um, verse 10 is more of a hinge verse. He says, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. It's kind of a hinge where, 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 remember, you keep asking, you keep knocking, you keep seeking, it will be opened. Now, why? Why will it be opened? Verse 11. He says, what father among you? So again, if you're a dad, you would immediately say, all right, I'm thinking me. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish? Well, instead of a fish, give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. So this is meant, I brought an egg, so nobody falls asleep during this sermon, all right? Um, 
So he's, he's just saying, like, if you're just an average father, you're not even necessarily like the father of the year, right? You just kind of, yeah, you care about your kids. They need sustenance. They're like, I'm hungry, Dad. And Jesus says, they're just asking for a fish, fish and an egg, and you're going to give them a snake and a scorpion that's going to kill them? Ha, 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 wait till they get this. Right? You see how this dramatic story that Jesus is telling is to get you to think. No one in their right mind who cares even the least a bit about their children would do that. Right? And so he then, I love this, he gets away with calling us evil. You know? He says, if you then, who are evil, whoa, 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 evil. Only Jesus gets away with this, right? Like who starts a sermon with, all right, everybody, welcome to Cornerstone Church. You're evil. Let's get started. You're like, I'm out of here. I need to hear something more encouraging than this. But Jesus is just being real. He says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you see what he's saying? He's comparing us, the average father or even mother, parent, if you have kids. He's comparing us to God. And compared to God, I am so evil. I mean, I regret things I've done today, right? Already. And we're... It's pretty early in the morning still. And yet God is holy. He is good. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is, it, he is so much bigger and better and greater than we could ever hope to be. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. Look, and if you, in your kind of finite human beingness, you know how to love your kids, imagine what God can do. Imagine what God wants to do. If you're like, nobody could ever love someone more than I love my child, wrong. God loves you more, infinitely more, than you love your child, your grandchild. That person who you would literally die for because you just want them to succeed so much. That's what Jesus is trying to get out, right? God loves you more. And so why wouldn't you ask? Why wouldn't you ask? If that's how he is, he is good. Right? And not only that, a really cool kind of, you can easily miss it, but it says, you ask, and he gives us the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's kind of weird. It's like, God, I asked for healing. Thanks for the Holy Spirit, but I was just really looking for a little healing. You know, I have surgery coming up. Why would you give me your Holy Spirit? Think about it. Imagine um, there's a a young high school boy who um, shows an aptitude for playing quarterback in football. And he's like, you know what, I think I have a future. I want to get better. And he has an opportunity to go to an autograph signing where he's just going to have a moment to talk uh, to Tom Brady, who I know is in Tampa Bay now, but we're just ignoring that, right? And we all agree on that. And, And so, I mean, the greatest who's ever done it, without question, right? And he has one second to just, to just get a morsel from him about the quarterback position. And he goes up to him and he says, Tom, I don't mean to disturb you, but can you just, I have this throwing issue, right? And Tom Brady stands up and he says, I got an idea. I'm going to come live with you. I'm going to go to every single one of your practices. I'm going to go to your games. I'm going to go to all the film sessions. I'm going to help you with your diet. I'm going to walk with you. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just, I didn't ask for a new roommate, Tom. That's a little much. Just give me a little advice. We treat prayer kind of like that. Oh, and, and God says, no, no, no. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the presence of God who will walk with you. You ask for, uh, I need help with the decision to do this. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who will illuminate the word of God so that you will have wisdom to make not just that decision, but everyone after that because I'm going to walk with you. My presence is with you. You want healing? You have the Holy Spirit who brings healing. 
right? You, you, you're praying for a, a, a spouse who, who, who God wants you to be. Well, you know what? I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to clearly show you who you should marry. You, you, whatever the question is, Jesus says he doesn't just give you a little advice, a little healing, now go away, a three loaves of bread, now just shut the door and get out of here. i got to go back to sleep. That's not how God is. He says, let me give you me, right? So that's his whole point, right, is God is good, and he gives us himself. Why wouldn't we ask? Why wouldn't we storm his, the gates of heaven over and over again? Why wouldn't we ask and ask and ask? Because he knows what we need far better than we do. Is that our attitude on prayer? Or are we mumbling, trite, empty, hollow phrases? Imagine if I woke up in the morning and, and, and I see Heather and I just say, Dear Heather, thank you for this day and uh, I will see you later after work and hopefully we will have a good day. Thank you and keep me safe. Thank you. What kind of a marriage would that turn into? Don't answer that, please, because that, right? How dumb, or that was your kids, or your friend, or your coworkers. How ridiculous. Uh, or if I got up, and, or I got to, you know, work, and I see Pastor Bob, and I say, thou wast Bobest, how thou wast doest. <laughs> right? He'd quit. He'd say, I, I'm out. I don't know what's going on, right? So we talk to God, like we talk to people we love and care about. And, and, and when we want something, just be frank with him, right? He already knows your heart. He's good. Be bold. Be persistent, right? Now, here's where I want to um, land our message today. And that's with one other story later on in Luke that goes along with the, the same theme. And it's in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. It really starts in verse 1, but I'm going to um, go back to verse 1 at the end. We'll put it on the screen, but if you're following along, it's Luke 18. And Jesus tells another parable on prayer. And uh, you may have heard this one. I love this story. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. I love that. What Jesus is saying there is, we got a real bad guy. Someone once asked Jesus, hey, how do I live? He said, here's how you live. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Here he's saying we got a judge who's in power and authority who doesn't care about God or his neighbor. Opposite of what Jesus would say you should be. He's a bad guy, right? It's a story. It's a fictional story. You don't need to know why. Well, hey, maybe he was hurt as a child. Look, it's a story. He's a bad guy. That's the, the, what Jesus is setting up. Now he's going to give us a second character, right? Verse 3. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary, right? So Jesus gives us another character. And a widow would be helpless, has nothing to offer, can't bribe the judge, doesn't have a team of lawyers behind him. In other words, the widow is you and me. When we come to God, we're like, well, God, uh, I, well, here's what I can do for you. <laughs> to God? Have you ever tried that bargaining with God? How dumb. God, listen, here's what I'll do. If you do this for me, I will be a good boy for the next two weeks. You know, God's like, what do I care? Why should I care, right? Unless I love you, right? And then it's a whole different dynamic. And so this judge is a bad person. A widow is kind of useless, has nothing to offer, poor, right? And she comes not asking for vengeance, not asking for money, for justice, she has a right to ask for justice. Something has happened to her, right? And so Jesus gives us this kind of funny story. He says, for a while, the judge refused. No way. I'm a bad guy. Now watch this. I love this. But afterward, he said to himself, 
So the judge is talking to himself now. Who talks to themselves like this? Though I neither fear God nor respect man. You see how dramatically weird that is? If you're so bad that you actually know how bad you are, that's kind of crazy, right? I don't care about God and I don't care about people. So why is he going to give him justice? Well, Jesus continues. Yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Over and over she's coming. She's assaulting, right? Give me justice. And, and the judge is like, I can't even stand her. I don't have any care about any God. It doesn't matter to me. But she's literally the translation is, gives me, is going to give me a black eye. Not physically, but emotionally. She's driving me insane. Have it. I don't care anymore. Here's your justice, right? And <laughs> the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? The elect are those God has drawn to salvation, become citizens of the kingdom. If you're a Christian, that's you. Right, if you're a Christian, that's you. And so Jesus says that, uh, that, that the judge gives that to you. What do you think God's going to do? Again, he is now comparing God to a cranky, bad person. But it's from a lesser to greater. If a horrible person as a judge would finally give you justice, what do you think God will do? And the, 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 the uh, description for us, if you're a Christian, is not sitting around waiting for it as you keep coming day and night, crying out to God, day and night, crying out to God. And he says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, we know he will when Jesus comes and the kingdom comes, right? But he's trying to connect the two things. When Jesus comes, will he find you and I to have faith? How will he know it? We cry out day and night. We pray. All right? We, we pray. Now, Jesus in verse 1 gave us the whole reason he told this story, just in case we're confused. It says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray. Always to pray and to not lose heart. You see, he says he'll answer speedily. So why would we lose heart? We lose heart. Because it's not in our time and in our way. For us, a day sometimes is too agonizing. But to God, he knows exactly what we need when we need it. Keep asking. Don't lose heart. Keep asking. Don't lose heart. So, so when it comes to prayer, Jesus is saying, prayer is the language of our faith. You notice how language tells something about people. So it might say where your culture is. Might say where you're from, what part of the world you're from. Even within the United States, what part of the United States, right? Certain words you use, certain accent you have. Your language says a lot about you. And your language of prayer says a lot about your faith. You ever want to measure yourself how much faith you really have? Because it's easy to come to church with a big fancy Bible and say, How you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? I'm doing great. You're doing good, good, good. We're all strong Christians here. You really want to dig down and know, do I really have faith? Look at your prayer life. Right? Here's, here's the, the, what Jesus is saying. That if you're, you're, uh, you want to measure how much faith you, are, you have, it's how much prayer. If this is your prayer life, dribs and drabs, this is how much faith you have. They go together. But 
If you pour out to God, you assault the kingdom. You keep praying, persistent, bold. You keep going, and you have your full faith. Because you notice, the Bible never says there's a gift of prayer in the Bible. It says there's a gift of faith. Because prayer is the language of faith. The more you believe God, the more you trust God, the more you think God is big and can do things, you will pray. You will. But the less you believe that, the less you care, the more you'll go to people, you'll go to books, you'll go to solutions that that don't answer anything for you. But the more you believe, the more you trust, the more you and I pray. Does that describe our prayer life? Jesus gave it to us in these great stories. Praying like Pooh Bear. Go. Don't take no for an answer. Keep going. Keep pounding on the gates of heaven. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. What does Jesus say? The door will be open. The door will be open. Now, I want us to spend a minute in prayer. I'm going to pray out loud. But if you don't know what else to do, pray silently with me. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for me. Don't let the moment waste. You have the opportunity day and night to pray. Even while you're driving. That's why you don't have to close your eyes when you pray, by the way. Pray. Talk to God. The first thing you do, if you have a problem going on, why aren't you talking to God about it? Over and over and over. Instead of worrying about it and talking to yourself and convincing yourself how terrible it is, talk to God and start convincing yourself how awesome he is. Let's pray. Father, this language of our faith, this praying, I admit there's times, I confess there's times in my life where I'm going through the motions and I'm looking to my intellect or to my experience or to someone else's and I'm looking to help from somewhere else. And Father, I confess that. I'm sure there's others in the room that can join me in that. Lord, would you work on our hearts and our minds? Would you show us, Lord, how to pray? Lord, there are many struggles and many um, problems in this room. You know them better than even we do. Lord, there's people in our lives we want to see come to know Christ. There's, there's diseases that we desperately want healed. There's anxiety and depression that we desperately want freedom from. Represented here, God, you know, there's addictions that we're battling like demons and we feel like we're losing. Lord, there's parents of young children that are just feeling completely frayed right now. There's grandparents who don't know what to do. There's lonely husbands or wives. There's widows. There's those here right now struggling with anger or bitterness. Lord, there's good seasons in the room too. Praise you for that. But we want more of you. We want to keep going. We don't want to get just stagnant depending on what we have now we want more more of you more of what is good more of what you have in your kingdom lord i pray that you will move us from where we're at to where you want us that we'll confess that we'll give that we'll pray lord shift our thinking if we're worried about something if something's a problem to first and often pray Lord, I pray that you would encourage us by answering prayers quickly. We know you don't have to. But would you encourage the people here who aren't sure that you're a great God? 
draw them to yourself, that they will cry out to you. Give us more of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being present with us. Thank you for convicting us of sin. Free us from temptation. Even as we sing to you, I pray you move. Move in our lives. Help us to see beyond the trite trinkets of this world and to see the eternal glory of who you are. Send us your angels to help. Give us more of your grace, more of your mercy, more of your love. We worship you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing. Thank you for listening to the Cornerstone Church podcast. To listen to more messages or check out our church, please visit cornerstonebv.org. If you are looking for a church home in the Blackstone Valley, please join us on a Sunday morning at either 9 or 11. We are a gospel-centered church where our lives are transformed by the power of God's Word.